You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 259. It helps to have a mentor, you know, and it helps to, I mean, yeah, you can go out and do it on your own and that's great, fell forward. But I think you'll, in my opinion, make more leaps and bounds if you have somebody who's done it already. Today's show is brought to you by the good folks over at Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. To take advantage of this special offer, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash wholesaling inc. Download your free audiobook and start listening immediately. It's just that easy. Again, head over to audibletrial.com forward slash wholesaling inc. and download your free audiobook today. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. I am your host, Brent Daniels, and for the first time ever on this podcast, I'm going to be actually interviewing somebody that is in my business, on my team, part of my staff, well, formally part of my staff, because she has branched out into her own business, her own wholesaling business, and is absolutely crushing it. So welcome to the podcast, Natasha Reeves. Thank you, Brent Daniels. (laughs) So here's the the scoop, guys. So Natasha joined my business, Offer Arizona, in February last year, March of last year. When was it? When did you start taking over? Sneakily, probably in like January last year. All right. So here's the deal. So Natasha has a twin sister named Allie. Allie was my acquisition manager. Now, Allie met a boy. That boy flipped mobile homes. They started getting into that. So she started having her twin sister, Natasha, start doing the actual appointments, right? Or or the follow-up. Yep. The yeah. follow-ups, yeah, without you knowing it, or at least that's what we thought, anyway. <laughs> well, I was kind of getting, I was kind of, I was, I was getting a little bit, a little bit of signs there, you know, a little bit of, like you know, how you, did she do a hundred leads in one day? Kind yes, of thing? yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> when she wasn't doing anything, so that was awesome. So it was kind of like a two for one for me because you guys came as a package deal. Now you didn't yeah. do any wholesaling before. No, I didn't do anything. Wasn't in real estate. Allie made me do some door knocking a couple months mm-hmm. earlier. That was it. And how'd the door knocking go? Oh, it was really bad. It was, <laughs> it, we didn't get anything. Um, and then, you know, a year later, one of the door knockers um, actually called. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe if you want to wait a year for your first deal. Yeah. 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 Got it. So it was really interesting because I actually hired Natasha in the middle of 2017 as a cold caller. She lasted exactly how many days? I don't know if it was a full 14. I don't know. I don't even know. So she was making a cold calls. Now, this is something that I suggest to everybody that has an office. If you've got an office space, Make sure that you get it bright and cheery and some some like life in it. Because if you just set somebody in a dark room by themselves to make cold calls, it, it just doesn't help. Right? No, I mean, no, you were like yeah. depressed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I quit really quick. I thought it was the worst thing that was ever possible. And I was making $20 an hour, which right. was more than I've ever made. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, I still did not want to do it. Right. So here's the thing. Like... 
at 20 bucks an hour, she was coming in, she was making cold calls. She had never done cold calls, cold calling at all before. Um, and, and again, there's probably like another two week stint. I cried, yeah. you know, it, I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. But before that, nothing, nothing. Or yeah. after that. Nothing. So what is your background? Like, what were you doing before you took over your Allie's acquisition manager job? I was still figuring things out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before that, um, I was doing some flooring. If you're a woman doing flooring, you'll probably know that most of the people that you're going to work with are dumb. <laughs> okay. One, dumb. And, you know, you're, you're going to get sexually harassed. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So I did that. And that was for like three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. I did some roofing. I see. I did that. I wasn't doing the roofing. Right. I was doing... Um, admin sales. I don't know. The guy, the guy didn't have his stuff together. Yeah. And then before that traveling and I worked in a gym It was all over the place. All over. Yeah. 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 So then you started going on, we had uh, a bunch of leads coming from uh, direct mail marketing and from uh, cold calling. Right. And you would take those, you would do essentially with the acquisition managers in my business is once the leads come in, it is their job to get to do the follow up and get them locked up. Right. Right. So what's the toughest part about lead follow up? I would say the toughest part isn't even like the people that just tell you to go F off. I would say the toughest part is really having a hot lead mm -hmm. and and being at the precipice of getting that lead. And then they sell with somebody else right. or you know, they make you wait another month. You just, they drop off the earth and you never hear from them. And you, all you saw was money and you're like, I got this, you mm -hmm. know? And, mm -hmm. and then when it doesn't happen, I think that's, that was probably the worst part. That's the toughest part. Yeah. So it's not putting in the work. It's not every day, like groundhog day, making your lead follow-up calls, getting people to the point where they're ready to sign a contract. I think it just depends on who you are. For me, I was, um, you know, at my ends with, I didn't have any money. I did. I, all I had was hope and, and time. Mm -hmm. So I was willing to put in that effort to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, people that are working a job, you know, that pays them pretty well. I think for them to put in that work where they're not going to make any money or not going to see any results for a while, that might be the hardest part, but that wasn't for me. It was being broke, putting in the work, getting so close to a deal, and then not not getting it falling deal. apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah it falling apart yeah. exactly. Because in our mind, we already have that check, right? Yeah. In that mind, we have that yeah. in the contract. We already know it's going to sell for a big one. We're like, oh, this is the one that's going to change yeah. it all up, right? Yeah. So I totally get that. Well, which is which is really interesting because I think that Natasha had an extreme advantage. I really do. I really think that you had an extreme advantage not knowing much about the industry. Yeah. Not knowing how to comp it, not yeah. knowing if it was a, a deal or not a deal or how big of a deal it was. It was basically like, hey, I've got this person that wants to sell. This is the price. You know, what, what can we offer them? Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was just. So with our business, what happens is the acquisition managers get all the details. We go through the yeah. four pillars of pre-qualifying, condition, timeline, motivation, price. And then from there, it goes into our disposition manager, Billy Bell, and he'll give us a price or I'll give you a price yeah. on would be the ceiling of what we would offer. And you would be pulling out of those prices before even knowing what our ceiling was to kind of get an idea of what those people were seeing if it would be a deal or not. Right. Yeah. And I think it's an advantage just being, I, I want to say naive. I don't want to say that it's, yeah. well, you know, I mean, yeah. I think it's just, I think not 
I think not hallucinating and thinking that you know what the seller is going to want in every situation is a huge advantage, especially for anybody that's looking to, to hire people out there that are acquisition managers or you're doing it yourself right now and you're doing the lead follow-up and you keep stumbling over your perfectionism or your paralysis by analysis. I think it's absolutely critical to be able to just go in, dumb down, like dumb yourself down to the point of what is the lowest that somebody will take on a property? Definitely. Right? Because your first two deals went 50,000 and then 76,000. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and then it just kept going and going and going and going to the point now, everybody, where Natasha has branched out on her own with her husband, Andrew. They're a dynamic duo. They still come into my office here and or our office, I should say. It's like a, a joint office space. Yeah. And we're just really involved in the business and, and, and just just everything seems to be snowballing for you, right? Yeah. And we're really lucky too. And, and we've kind of gotten out of our own way as well, you know, going kind of back to the ignorance thing, you know, because we've done a lot of comping yeah. since then. And we can, like you said, think all day about uh, what we think somebody will take for it. But if we don't, if we don't just throw out an offer mm-hmm. or a low offer, we'll never know if, if that's what they would have taken or not. Yep. So you know, yep. you can always backpedal as well. And we've we've learned that anchor low, anchor low, anchor yeah. low. And it's funny because you know we just hired our first acquisition manager, and it's. And I'm comping these deals, and it's funny because she doesn't she doesn't have any idea what these houses are worth. So I'll give her a number, which I'm like, oh, that's low, right. you know, that's low, yeah. and she'll be like, they better take it, you know, the house is shit, yep. you know. Yeah. And so it's funny because I'm like, oh, you know, she really believes that. I know. And you know, if you really believe it, you know most likely the people you talk to are Mm going to believe it as well. Well, I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people that come from a traditional real estate background. Somebody that's a realtor or they did mortgages or they've just been in the industry for a long time is they can't get over the fact that somebody will take less than retail for their house. Yeah. You know, people, people don't understand that they trade speed and convenience for their equity in their house. You know, mm-hmm. some people just want to get rid of it, want to get rid of it now, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's incredible. And the more we get out of our way and let them tell us what they see, I think we hallucinate. We, we, we come up with this, these stories in our head that say these people need to get this because that will make them happy. No. Why don't you ask them what will make them exactly. happy? I think we go initially and we try to see what, what, what will make them happy and see what, what they want and everything. Thing and we, we put ourselves in their position and screws up the whole thing. Yeah. It confuses them. It confuses us. We don't get the deal. They end up doing something else with somebody taking another offer and then they cancel and then it's just a whole, you know, cluster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really important to figure out what they want, not what you would want in their situation because yeah. it's totally different. So when you were coming up, now this, this is something that I get a lot. A lot of people ask me the question, well, Brent, how do you train your acquisition managers? Brent, how do you do, the, how do you find the right people? How do you recruit the right people? And I always say that first I look within, within the people that I know, you know, I'll post a, I'll post a Facebook. I'll, I'll ask people. I'll try to get some referrals from people that have good skills and have that high emotional intelligence. Right. And then the second thing is when it comes to training, I kind of just threw you out there. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So talk yeah. to people about it. Like, I mean, are you glad that I did that? If you could do it differently now that you have an acquisition manager, yeah. what, what do you think you, you would do? 
I mean, I think it worked. I also have my sister. She taught me a, a bit mm-hmm. of it. You know, mm-hmm. she took me on a, for my first couple appointments yeah. and um, she told me how to call and, and gave me the script that you had given her. And I mean, I think that was really enough for me to get started. And mm-hmm. then I kind of figured out what works yeah. and what didn't work. I think it's always good. I still do continual training and watch videos for myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's good for every new acquisition manager as well. But, yeah. you know, the more you know, the also even more potential that that you might get in your way. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think it's OK to to not know much and just get started. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm just a firm believer that you either have the skills or you don't. You're not really taught how to like build your emotional intelligence. Either you've got that part of your personality or you don't. And I think most of it is not the things like a lot of people want to have like this structured. This is the presentation that you go through when you get to the house. Right. And this is this is how you break down all the things that are wrong with their house. And this is how you show them that you came up with a number. And here's how you give them the cops. I think all of that is B.S. I yeah. think going in with all that stuff and all that information just can, makes people way more confused. Yeah. What do you think? I've never done that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never done that. I And I do think like people don't necessarily care about all that information. What they really care about is what they want. That's it. So that is it. Yeah. And how do you know what they want if you're not asking really good questions and like really like listening to what they have to say? I feel like people that have these preset presentations, it has yeah. to go in their order as opposed to just going, making sure that you're going pre-qualified because that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's worse than you going on an appointment that, you know, you don't know enough about and you're just wasting your time driving to Mesa or Peoria or Glendale or wherever and yeah. they're not going to sign. Yeah. So we got to get them pre-qual. But after yeah. that, it's just going to their house and getting the contract signed. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Am I crazy? No, yeah. I yeah. think I think people make it too complicated. I mean, I think everybody has their their own way of doing things. Sure. And I don't know, maybe it works. I don't know. I, I haven't analyzed everybody else's business. I just yeah. know it's worked for me. Yeah. And it's definitely nothing so structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, and I think it's really important if you guys are listening to this on the podcast as you're driving around or if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, the Brent Daniels uh, Real Estate Coach YouTube channel, Really, the, the important things to take out of this is stop letting everything get in the way of you taking action and actually talking to the people and asking them questions and yeah. finding out about their situation. Because the more that you think about it and stew on it and, and try to anticipate the way that they're going to react to the things that you say or the things that you ask or the way that you present your offer or whatever it is, that all those things are going to block you and they're going to clog up your, your pipeline of being able to take serious, like real action and get in front of people. Because it all comes down to talking to people. TTP. TTP. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, so here's the deal. Like... Andrew and uh, Natasha gave me their six-week notice in November, said, you know what, Brent? We've been listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. This is what Andrew told me. Is that, yeah. 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 I was listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. We got to burn the boats. We got to like cut the ties. Like we really want to be entrepreneurs and do this ourselves. So we'll we'll follow up with all our hot leads that we have because Andrew was doing some text blasting for, for my company. And then, you know, once those flow out, once those hot leads are closed or done, but we're going to start our own leads starting January 1. Yeah. Right. So since then, guys... I have a flip that that uh, Natasha put together last year that's going to close. We're going to net around forty thousand. 
She also put together a deal on a fire, uh, a property that had fire damage that we just closed on Friday for 57,600. Remember, this girl does big deals, okay? Yeah. Now, and then you have three other pendings that you have yeah. personally, one door knocking and two TTP. Cold calling? Uh, one referral, one cold calling. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about the the door knocking, just to keep track here. She's at 97500 for the month of total. And now your door knocking one is how much? Um, $48,500. $48,500. All right. So tell us about that because this is a year in the making. That one was one of those ones that was a heartbreaker, right? Mm-hmm. I did my work. I followed up. He was motivated. He was at the right price. And the right price being um, I had given him the 2018 tax assessor number. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he had the right motivation. And then he ghosted me. Mm-hmm. He ghosted me and I didn't hear back from him. Then he said, you know, it wasn't the right time. I sent him flowers two months later and um, eight months later, yeah. eight months later, um, he called me back and he said he was ready to go, you know, um, and he was ready to go at the same price that I offered him. I ended up offering him a little bit more, you know, a 50, 50 some key deal. I, I was feeling a little bit, sure, you know, sure, sure. but yeah, he was just ready to go. It was really easy. Why, what was his motivation? The original motivation was he was going to move out of his house. He had some um, health issues okay. and he was going to move back to Mexico. But then his new motivation was that he was going to stay here, but yeah. he just wanted to be in a house that he didn't have to take care of anymore because it was, it's pretty, I don't know, dumpy and yeah. it needs work. So the condition is it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of work. Motivation is health issues and just can't keep up with the house. Yeah. Uh, timeline was he was ready after a year. A year. He thought about it. He was ready to go. And he had your number. He had my number. I had texted him a ton of times, called him a couple. Uh, How many times? Time. How many times? I don't know. What, 40? 40. Yeah. 40 times. Yeah. This is called persistence. Yes. 40 yeah. times. Okay. Especially here's the deal. Well, I mean, we have a rule in our business, right? That if the, if the condition's rough, we're going to stay on. Yeah. Right. Until the end of time. If it's yeah. just rough, they have to make it, they have to make a decision at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. 40 texts and calls and flowers and, and, you know, just good vibes sent out to them and 48, five. 48, 48 I would say, you know, a little bit of that was, you know, God's good grace. Sure, you know, sure. uh, he knew I needed a, a deal. Yeah. He, you know, had him call me. Got it. So you're up to now about 145000 for the month. Yeah. And first of all, let me give you one of these. 48.5. Tell me about the other two deals you got. You got a referral. Yep. I got a referral. So he was a realtor that I worked with with Brent. Yep. And so he actually was the same guy as the buyer. Fired. Burn, yep. Yeah. The burn house deal. And Brent helped make that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> make that uh, relationship because he ended up closing on a house. Yeah. Um, it was not a great deal. But we kept the deal. relationship. It was good. Kept the relationship, yep. which was great. Yep. And at the time, it seemed really crappy. Um, but then, you know, we got this 57K deal. Yep. And then he came back to me and he had another property 
It was this guy's the king of the rough houses. I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, he's a firefighter. Uh, so he sees a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rough houses. Um, yeah. But this one in particular um, is in Gilbert. Yep. You know, it's in a really nice neighborhood, 700,000 plus, you know, going for. Yeah. So um, I had taken a look at it and I was like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never, I've never dealt with a, a house that was this expensive. Before. Right. And once you get into those more expensive houses, then those, those fears kind of creep in. You don't look at it as, Oh wait, this is still just a piece of paper. Yeah. You know what I mean? All of a sudden this thing gets big, but you push through it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, and really I was just like, you know, this is not the, I just kind of know him a bunch. I just said, this is not the property we buy. It's better to list it. And he kept telling me, give me your offer. And I was like, well, crap, I got to give this guy an offer. Mm-hmm. So I asked um, Billy, who also works with us, and he does a lot of disposition and comping, mm-hmm. um, what he thought. He's just like, you know, tell him 500 and then move on. You're not going to get this property. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I'll just give them what, tell them what they paid for it, yeah. which was 550 yeah. And then we kept negotiating until we could get it under contract. And still, I didn't know if we were going to be able to sell it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, first things first is get it under contract. That's it. Right. Yeah. So um, then we blasted it out, and we're at uh, twenty six thousand. Twenty six thousand. Love it. And TTP lead. So you've got you've got some callers. A caller. Uh, we have four callers. Four right callers now. in the Philippines. Yes. Right. And so this came from them. Uh, the Gilbert lead. No, 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 oh, no, the, no. Your next one. The next one. Yes. Sorry, I've already moved on. You've moved on. You've got so many deals going on here. I so know. you're now at. Uh, where were we at? We're at 140 plus another 20. What'd you say? Six. 26. So now you're at 168,000 in this 30 day block. Okay. Next, yeah. next, let's next. pile some more. <laughs> um, this one's a little bit of a smaller deal, but I still feel very proud of it because I got him under contract way too high. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I didn't, didn't get it up at a whole wholesale price, but it is a nice area and I knew people would be interested in it as a, an Airbnb or rental property. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing was just finding the value or seeing the value in it. That one we got up, locked up at 110 and sold it for 119, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really satisfied with $9,000. So I wanted to see how low I could renegotiate the yeah. offer. And I normally don't do that. I normally feel really bad about that, but you know, new year, new me. New year, okay. You know? Yeah. So I renegotiated down another $6,000. Okay. So 14,000, um, well, altogether it would be what, 104, am I doing my math? 15,000. Yeah. 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 So that's a hundred and eighty three thousand. Yeah, around there. Hundred eighty three thousand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. thirty days. Yeah. 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 Incredible. I mean, that is bananas. I mean, that's big time. I mean, you've got companies that have staff of twenty, thirty people trying to do that a month, right? Yeah. And you've got you and Andrew, and now an acquisition manager, which she doesn't even count because you know these are all really your efforts, yeah. right? That's just you guys. So, I mean, it's just incredible, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm so happy and I don't want to say proud because it's not like that, but I'm like really, really happy for you, you know that. Yeah. And it's just exciting to see you guys go and pick up the momentum and then just keep going because you do, you have big, you have big goals, you have big dreams, you have a big family that you want, you know, to, to be around and, and to really, uh, uh, take advantage of all these things that you're 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 going to be providing for them. So yeah. that's really awesome. And just to let you know, I mean, literally, uh, where were you living 12 months ago? Where were you living February of 2018? 
um, February 2018. I think I was still living with Andrew's parents. Yeah, yeah my, my uh, parents-in-law. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then after that was with my sister and her husband. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now we're in our own house. Now you own your own house. Right. Yeah. It's amazing what a year does, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Five years from now, it's going to be bananas. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. I'm yeah. so happy. Yeah. But guys, this all comes down to being super, super, super focused. Like this is what Natasha does. Natasha goes out. She knows that she's a winner. She has that identity part of herself that she knows that she's a winner. She knows she's going to do it. And even though there's setbacks and there's a lot of mental, you know, we've had a lot of conversations yeah. about building up that mentality and really, uh, you know, uh, focusing in on that winner identity part because this business has a lot of ups and downs. It has a lot of emotions. It has a lot of deals that you think should go through and they don't go through. And then all of a sudden you, you, you take it as what am I worth? What, how do I get better? How do, what did I do that was wrong? Do I deserve this type of money? Do I deserve this type of success? The answer is yes. The answer absolutely is yes. You are just the perfect uh, example of it for sure. Yeah. Thank you. And you're how old? 25. 25, 25 years yeah. old. Everybody out there, there is no excuse. Zero background in real estate. Really a little bit of background in sales, but more just high emotional intelligence, high work ethic, like high just passion to succeed and be an entrepreneur. So, yeah. so awesome. Oh, You're the you. best. Well, um, the the last thing that I would want to add is just um, it helps to have a mentor, yeah. you know, and it helps to, I mean, yeah, you can go out and do it on your own and that's great, fell forward. But I think you'll, in my opinion, make more leaps and bounds if you have somebody who's done it already, um, totally agree. you know, talk yeah. with them, work with them, work under them, mm-hmm. you know, for for however you long you need until you yeah. get comfortable doing it on your own. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Or if you just want the absolute best real estate wholesale mentor in on the planet, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. I'd love to personally mentor you as well. Wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. If you were to talk to somebody out there that has never done a deal before, yeah, is getting going with it. What advice would you give that person from a from a mental standpoint so that they keep moving forward, that they keep committed to their they, – they, they build up that courage? What would you say? I don't even know where to start. I mean, first, you can do it. Um, you can do it Love and, it. you know – Write affirmations down, write your, what you're grateful for, feel that abundance and just know what you've already done and how you're a winner already and try and remember those moments where you've already won Love it. um, and put it in place where you haven't won and just feel it, feel like you've won it already. I love it. This coming from a gal that's got almost 200,000 closing in the next 30 days. So listen up. Thank you. You're the best. Thanks for having me, Brent. All right. Until next time, guys, I am Brent Daniels, and I encourage you to talk to people. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.